Hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. It is Twitter Thursday. We have not done Twitter Thursday in a while. Things have been a little crazy. I was at the Combine, Free Agency Week, all those good things. But we have some good questions from you guys lined up. And I know some of you have been anxious to throw some things at me that we haven't covered. Um, so let's just get right into it. I am at Williamson NFL. I've been an NFL analyst slash scout now for 17 years or so. So bring it on. You know, spread the word. The Locked On Network is growing and thriving. Uh, my man Rich Jarvis asks, what are your expectations for Jameis Winston this season? They're very high. I'm a big Winston believer. I mean, if he were a stock, I would be buying. I think it's all in front of him. I really, really liked how he played to finish out last season. I also really like what Tampa has done around him. I mean, they have not added the running back per se, but it's coming. I mean, probably in the draft. I mean, a guy like Geis could be their second round pick. Um, I think the line is improved with Jensen. I think Godwin and the tight ends, along with Evans and Jackson, are... High, you know, high quality guys. His line could be better. It's not perfect, but it's it's pretty darn good. Or not pretty darn good, but it's improved. Let's just say that. Marpet, Jensen, uh, Donovan. Yeah, I think those guys are, are quality dudes. They could use another. They could use a running back. But that's not what you're asking. I mean, I think he is an inherent risk taker. I think he's got a short memory. I mean, he's got that closer mentality from baseball, which is exactly what he did to Florida State. That, okay, I gave a home run, but I'm coming back the next day and I'm still going to throw gas down the middle and see if you can hit it. I'm still going to be an aggressive risk taker. And there are some some brain cramps for sure, and those need to polish themselves out. But he has immense skills. I love that he transformed his body, you know, a year ago. Remember how much weight he lost, how much better shape he got in? And again, what I'm most excited about is how well he played down the stretch after returning from injury last year. So, I'm a big believer in Winston. So, that brings us to the news of the day, which is the Bucks trading for Jason Pierre-Paul. Uh, you probably have heard by now, but the deal isn't very lucrative for the Giants. I mean, here's the official statement. is The Giants are trading defensive end Jason Pierre-Paul and a 2018 fourth-round pick, remember, both these teams picked at the beginning of the draft, uh, every round, to the Tampa Bay Bucks for a third and fourth in 2018. So I haven't heard exactly what picks they are, but on the surface, that sounds like they're swapping 2018 fourth-round picks, which is, what, two to seven? I mean, that's like nothing. And the Giants are getting a third. So... Maybe I'm wrong on the exact number or which exact picks are getting swapped. But that's not all that much, you know. I mean, and the key here, well, not the key, but another important ingredient of that is the Giants are only saving 2.5 on their cap this year. And it's not like, boy, there's a ton of defensive ends to go out and get now or a guard or a running back. You know, it's not like they needed that money desperately. Um, You do get them off the cap you know, for the upcoming years, and he's not cheap. So that has some value. He's 29. He's from the Tampa region. Uh, He played his college ball there, South Florida, 
former first-round pick, came in the league basically like gangbusters, uh, has slowed down. I think the hand injury has something to do with that, but I also don't think he's quite as explosive as he was. He's 29 years old. They've played him an inordinate amount of snaps. And, you know, we always talk about this with, like, running backs and things, but the Giants play him every down, every game, and I think that's kind of had an effect and slowed him down a little. He's still a high-quality player. He's quite good against the run, still a very good pass rusher, and hopefully I would think at this stage of his career maybe the the, the Bucks look at it like, let's lighten his load a little bit, you know, play 75% of the snaps. The obvious thing that everyone's talking about, and I think it's probably dead on, are the Giants will probably go with Bradley Chubb with the second pick. If we assume Darnold is off the board, and if we assume, and that's taking a leap of faith, assuming any of those things right now on March 22nd, that Darnold's off the board or quarterback's off the board, and the Giants don't want to go quarterback at two. You know, they could certainly think about Nelson. They could certainly think about Barkley. Um, all three of those positions are huge areas of need. The Giants' history very much implies that you go D-line, you go D-end. You know, the way that they've scouted for many, many years. But there's new people in charge. You know, Gettleman comes over from Carolina. And that philosophy is pretty similar with them, too, is rush for, get there with quality, you know, four-man rush, put a value on your defensive line. But James Beckner comes over from Arizona, and he had Chandler Jones, you know, who's similar to Chubb. And, but the Arizona philosophy, going back to Todd Bowles, is blitz-heavy. We want a wide variety of defensive backs. Tyrone Matthew, Patrick Peterson, all those guys, Buda Baker. Active linebackers that can really run. And the Giants actually went out and did something at linebacker and traded for Ogletree. You know, they never do anything at linebacker. But as safe as I can say, I think that Chubb is now the odds on favor to go second. And you could probably get a guard and a running back in the second day, you know. So for Tampa, though, this is pretty intriguing for Tampa, that they were the fewest sacks in the league, probably about the worst pass defense in the league. But they have added Vinnie Curry, who I really like, and can play all over the line of scrimmage. Interior pass rusher on throwing down, so line up next to McCoy, you know, which is exciting. They already added Bo Allen and Mitch Unrine, and I know those guys aren't jump out of your skin for them, but they're solid two-way defensive tackles, probably early down guys next to McCoy. That are solid. Again, solid. And there's two of them. And they're both pretty much in their prime. So I like that. You get Noah Spence. Noah Spence this time last year was one of my absolute breakout candidates. And he got hurt early and we haven't seen it. And it's his second shoulder injury. Hopefully it's not the end of the world for him. But, you know, that's enticing. So on third down, I think you're looking at Curry and uh, (laughs) the three technique there, McCoy, on the inside. Pierre, Paul, and Spence on the outside with a four-man rush, that's light years better than it was last year. And then with the seventh pick, I think they'll end up with a Minka Fitzpatrick, Derwin James, uh, their choice of corner. Or maybe there's a guy like Baker Mayfield or a quarterback still available that they get an offer to move down to 10, 11, who knows, and still get one of the best corners in this draft. Or, 
a guard or a running back that they need. You know, so th- those guys probably wouldn't be the case. Or Nelson falls them a seven and they grab him. You know, so I really like where this sets up the, the, the Bucks, And with the biggest key being there just wasn't edge pass rushers to go around. You know, that, uh, you know, most of us analysts when free agency opened didn't foresee them landing Vinnie Curry and Jason Pierre-Paul. You know, those guys weren't free agents. You know, the, the, so they, get, they nabbed those two. To mix with what they have, as well as you know the defensive tackles that they picked up, who are quality dudes. So I think things are shaping up for Tampa. I think they've had a, a very nice offseason so far. Okay, Robbie Bagley asked me, if you were the cards, would you still draft a QB in the first two days or fill another need and stick with Bradford? I hate the situation they're in, to be honest with you. And guys, I'm a Bradford believer. We've talked about this a lot. I just don't trust him to stay healthy. And I like the Pew edition, but still that line isn't going to help things. This is what I'm thinking. You know, Bruce Arians isn't there anymore. My hunch is that, you know, they're looking for a pocket passer. My hunch is Lamar Jackson isn't who they're after. You know what I mean? My only indication of that is we have a new staff. They bring in Brad, Bradford and Glennon. They don't have a lot of similarities to Lamar Jackson. But maybe Mason Rudolph in the second round, you know, uh, maybe you trade up for Allen or any of the other three. Fine. But my problem here with this is I don't think you're strong enough to... I mean, it's never a bad idea to go get your franchise quarterback. But maybe you wait one more year and try to reinforce the supporting cast around him and get a tackle and a wide out. The defense is pretty well in place. So I kind of have mixed feelings on this one. You know, I mean, to to grab a guy like Rudolph in the second round or trade back to the end of the first to get him, I like that strategy more than give up the farm to get to number five and have nothing else in your tool chest And the season's, you know, you're two and seven. Bradford's hurt. Glennon doesn't look good. And now we got to throw the first rounder in there. And he just gets beat up on. You know what I mean? Like, maybe this isn't the worst idea to hold on for a year. Uh, Late breaking news. The Eagles agreed to a one-year deal with Mike Wallace. Makes perfect sense. I don't know where their money's coming from, but okay. Um... He can still play. I mean, he's still kind of a one-trick pony. But they want that aspect. Wentz is a great deep passer. They have a good line to stretch the field. Uh, Wallace can still certainly run. I mean, there's no question about that. And you can hit him on a crosser here and there. And, you know, whenever people play off, you can get some cheap yards. Torrey Smith is gone. They didn't have the burner with him not being in, in play Matt Collins looks very promising. Aguilar looks really good. Jeffrey looks really good. Tight ends look good. But this certainly makes sense. You know, one-year deal. Wallace maybe wins a Super Bowl. Puts out some good tape as a starter with a lot of single coverage. Hits five deep touchdowns this year or something. Playing with Wentz. You know, so I'm on board with this for both sides. This makes perfect sense. And it just happened. That was just my immediate reaction. Sean Murray asks, why is Philip Rivers regarding so highly? We're going to have a problem here, Sean. 
Some call him a Hall of Famer, but he's only won four playoff games in his career in 14 seasons, despite playing with an all-time great tight end, all-time great running back, and the likes of Merriman, Phillips, Weddle, Cromartie on defense. That's not the greatest supporting cast on defense I've heard over a 14-year season, if that's the best you can come up with. Guys he's actually playing with now are probably even better. Bosa and Ingram, those guys. Um... And he didn't mention Vincent Jackson, too, who's been really good. You know, was really good at one point as a charger. I see where you're coming from. I mean, in a way, this team has been snake-bitten, unable to win the big one, going back to Schottenheimer, and Rivers is a constant there. I just think you watch the tape, and he's better than Eli. I mean, he's a great passer. He's a great leader. He's tough as nails. He hangs in there and takes hits. I think he's honestly like the most underrated quarterback this generation. I mean, I'd take him over Romo. I think he's a borderline Hall of Famer. I don't know that I'm stating it well enough how high I am on Rivers and for what reasons, but I think he's what you want. I mean, he's been extremely consistent. Over the last couple years, he's had very little offensive line help. There's been a lot of downtimes, too. I mean, I know that... Yeah, I mean, those early years when he had LT and Gates in their prime. And they won a lot of games. You know, I mean, Schottenheimer, what, was 14-2 and two and got fired? So, I think you're crazy. I mean, I think he's a great, great player and kind of a coin flip as a Hall of Famer. But I also probably will pick them again to win the division, and maybe he wins a couple more playoff games. Uh, Joshua Silber asks, Packers' thoughts on Tremont Williams? I really like this pickup, too. Um, not because he's heading home, and that's great. Because, really, it's a different group. I mean, new defense coordinator, new GM, presumably a new scheme, hopefully a new scheme. But they've invested a lot of early picks at corner and hasn't worked out great, although King looks promising. I think a veteran, he's very technically sound as a cover man, uh, will rub off very well. And you think Burnett is now gone. You know, the two draft picks from last year are ready to step up in the secondary. But who's the old man, you know, to keep everybody kind of level-headed and all that? Um, I know their secondary, particularly the corner position, has been scrutinized. But I don't think Capers' scheme has helped them. And the pass rush hasn't helped them of late either. So I really think adding Wilkerson as an interior pass rusher really could pay off. Um, put him next to Daniels on throwing downs, you know, even on short situ or on you know early down situations, base personnel situations, he could kind of play a, a, a over the tackle. Um, maybe draft somebody to eventually replace Matthews, but I fi- finding that interior pass rusher I think is huge for their pass defense overall. And they allowed a ton of big plays last year. I mean, I'm not I'm not at all, um, you know, saying it's it's. What they've done is okay. But there's talent there. I would rather find the old man who played really well last year. I guess I kind of overlooked that. That after he left the Packers, Williams had a year of blah with the Browns, but that's not uncommon in Cleveland. And went to Arizona, and a lot of us kind of thought of that as an afterthought. Like, eh, he'll probably wash out. No big deal. But they were looking for the guy opposite Patrick Peterson. You know, I mean, that's always a... High target zone. You know, people throw your way a lot if Patrick Peterson's the other corner. And it took a little while for Williams to take that spot over this year. But he did. And he finished the season really, really well. So I know he's up in age. But 
I think this is a really good move for the Packers. And the familiarity thing is, is cool, too. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, Charles asks, who do you think Sue will sign with? I don't know. I mean, I keep thinking, uh, I, I say this over and over, just like yesterday's pod. Aaron Donald and Namakong Sue together. Oh, my God. That's all I can think about. Um, if I was Raiders, I would push really hard, though. I mean, I guess that's the next guy up. Um, Cuddly Beastly, dude. Based on what the team looks like today, is there anything to be excited about as a fan of the Miami Dolphins? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he should rush the passer well. You get Raquion McMillan back, kind of as an extra first, you know, an extra pick to see what he's like. Should be pretty decent, okay in the secondary. I'm a Tannehill fan though, so yes. I want to see Gase and Tannehill work a year together. And I know there's a lot of talk about them trading up for a Mayfield or something like that. And I also realize Tannehill really struggles to stay on the field. And I can't defend that. You know, injuries happen. And if you can't trust him to be on the field, you can't live with it, obviously. Um, but I think Tannehill has a lot of ability. Obviously, he's a plus athlete. He's got a great arm. I think he's a very good deep passer. I think he's a developing player that needs... More around him, for sure. Um, you know, one thing I do know about the gay situation is, you know, he's real scheme-heavy type of coach, scheme things up, and he needs discipline from his players. And it's not a very disciplined team, particularly on offense the last couple of years. You know, like these Shanahan's and some of these new waves of guys, uh, in the Ram situation, if I scheme you up, I need you to be where I'm, you know, where the play projects you to be, you know, don't freelance it, don't think you're Superman, that was kind of the, some of the Jay Ajayi situation too, is you're not doing what we tell you to do, and they're changing the culture there, I see all that, and I do love them picking up Josh Sitton, you know, I'm reaching a little here, Cuddly Beastly dude, I mean, their division doesn't look so good outside the Patriots, that's kind of something, the AFC doesn't look so great, but to get excited about I don't know. One, my, my biggest thing, I think, would be I want to see Tannehill for a year and see how he turns into, a, how he develops as a player with Gase and maybe with these different guys around him running the true Gase system without so much freelancing and, you know, thinking you're a superstar. Maybe we'll pay off. But overall, I don't say a lot of great things about the Dolphins. I don't like the way they've handled their cap over the year. You know, like I've, I've quoted Chris Wesley a few times from NFL.com. This time of year, it always sounds like the Dolphins are erasing their mistakes from the last couple of years so they can make new ones. <laughs> you know, and I thought that was well said. And this year's a little different. You know, I mean, Sue was a money thing, but that was kind of a mistake from past years. Landry, they at least got something from, and he wouldn't have been worth the money. But, you know, Pouncey as well. And But they're all a changing of the guard and the culture. I hope Gase and Tannehill can get the most out of each other. And again, uh, my optimism surrounds Tannehill more than anything. All right. That's a wrap. Over and out. Spread the word. Go leave me some feedback on iTunes. See you.